welcome to Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, bringing you the news you can use as it pertains to the idiocracies and politics. politics. That's right. Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. I don't care if you're a libertarian you or democratic or republican. About politics. The subject is key, and the key to your freedom is knowledge. Vote. Vote. Don't forget to vote. Tell someone you know who isn't voting to vote. And welcome to another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Yo, Merck, what you got for the new year? Yeah, man, it's it's a brand new year, and... and, uh, trying to be optimistic <laughs> I'm really really trying but it's so damn hard you have to be on some mad hallucinogenics or some really really good medications in order to be optimistic in this political climate now other fronts yes movies media um, the impact females will have in media yes yes um, job prospects eh, maybe maybe not health yes you know what I'm saying Spirituality, right. yes. Politics, hell to the motherfucking no. <laughs> <laughs> I said one of my New Year's resolutions was going to be I'm going to try and curse less on the show, and I was like, man, fuck that bullshit. There's no way I can I do a political show and not curse. Because we need to curse. Curse now or kill later. I, you rather me? I rather. I think you rather me use profanity than me to fuck your ass up. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> It's like it's like my dad. If he yells, you're good, because he's getting that anger out. If he doesn't yell, yeah, someone's getting fucked up really bad later, because he's storing all that anger for later. So, yeah. Your dad think Philip Blue? No. <laughs> okay. Can I sound just like Philip Blue? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I, I tell you. I, I say I, I will try to go into less, you know, sometimes I get a little, little uh, emotional when on the show. I go into my little, my mini Alex Jones tirades. And sometimes it's hard not to for some of the dumb shit that I see. Well, I did see Star Wars the other day. Uh, what was it on? Uh, New Year's Eve. Went to, go see, went to go okay. see Star Wars, finally. <laughs> I, I liked it, but, you know... There were a lot of uh, he-man, woman haters out there. They, they don't like the whole social justice thing going on in Star Wars. You know. Right, right, right. And um, what I found about Star Wars, but this is a little segue to take us off topic, just to get us back on topic, is it doesn't rely on optimal acting to get its job done. Like, if it was anything else, could those people got away with that being a, a blockbuster? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Right. It makes sense. I mean. You don't need like uh, I think the only person who was really and and you may disagree with me, but I thought Mark Hamill was really good in that. You know, and oh, I um, thought Mark Hamill was excellent in that. I thought he was better this time around than he was the first time around. To be honest, he yeah. seemed too wonky and too too emotional back in the day. He was more balanced, maybe because he was displaying the balance and the force, and he's been in the game for like forty years as a voice actor mostly, but still. Right. Um, but I thought the girl who plays Ray, I think I think I just have a, a crazy crush on her or something. I think she's phenomenal. Everybody else saying, yeah, I didn't think I didn't think you know uh, the lady, um, rest in peace. Um, what's her name? Carrie Fisher. Uh, I didn't think she was on there. I didn't think the lady who was the 
the lady with the purple hair who was, yeah. was in love with Carrie Fisher. I didn't think she was all that. I didn't think, as much as I want him to be the greatest, I didn't think the guy who plays Finn, I didn't think he was that great. And that little fake relationship he had with the Asian girl, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that at all. You know, I, I, I agree with you on one thing. They could have cut out that whole casino scene, and it would have been the same. Yeah, like I, yeah, I told you about that last time I did the review on it. Yeah. Review on it. That, that could have been totally cut out, maybe made its own movie somewhere else that nobody would have paid attention to because it was on TV or whatever, or Netflix. Um, yeah, you could have gutted that whole thing out, and the movie would have been that much better. Yeah. It distracted from the movie to me. The, it, I guess what it was, it had it wasn't to have multiple plot lines. Man, we don't need multiples. It doesn't. No, work no, for no. Anything else? Why do we do it for Star Wars? You know what I'm saying? Right. It, like I said, the whole casino scene, and then uh, too, too much money, too much over the top for nothing. It added no value. But 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 we we digress. We need a we need a movie review show, a show, a, a media review show. That's what we need to do next. Well, 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 what, we what I need to do is go out and see more movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get on MoviePass.com. I need to watch start watching my Q in Netflix. I'm sitting on 380 right now. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> but as it, but all this pertains to what you're about to talk to about next in politics. <laughs> I, I was watching a. Uh, there's a guy I watch on uh, YouTube called uh, Weekend Warrior, and he just does these little videos. And he has he's from uh, he's from the Philippines, so he has that he has that that weird accent that I like so much. But anyway, he's talking about Star Wars, and a lot of people talking about the whole social justice thing with Star Wars that people are getting mad about, you know. And one guy had a review on here that uh, it made me very mad, and I'm gonna read what he said word for word, okay? He said, four strong female characters of varying races. All villains are white men, except for one who was apparently a white woman, but we never really see her face. I'm not one to look for these things. <laughs> okay. But um, well, when it's overwhelmingly obvious that there's a political bent to something, it's obvious. And that detracts a little from the story because it makes it less believable. Here's my thing that may be mad about that, right? You don't think it's believable that the villains in your movies are all white men? Have you have you gone outside lately? All the villains are, are all the top villains are white men. Donald Trump is a villain. Mitch McConnell is a villain. Paul Ryan is a villain. Orrin Hatch is a villain. The Koch brothers are villains. Alex Jones is a villain. These guys get on TV and lie to you to your face. Oh, the tax cuts are going to give you more money. Yeah, okay. But the corporations are making billions upon billions. They get on TV and when they're not lying, they're telling you straight to your face, they're going to take your health care and your Social Security. So that you could be broke when you're old and die early so they can make your bones and, the and banana the toilet. Parts is, yeah. And the banana parts, for real, for real, is like... They try to make it like it's going to be to your benefit. When it comes out, it's obvious it's not. The banana, banana, banana parts 
Banana Sunday part is that 96, 95% of Americans were against it and you voted for it anyway. I right. thought you were supposed to be representative of the people as your Facebook post recently indicated. You know, that's where I got that from, I believe. Either mm-hmm. you are Union Thugs, that's who I follow the most on politics. Um, and that's bananas. I thought it was supposed to be, you supposed to speak for us Speak to the benefit of us. And if you can't speak for us, then you won't speak for us. You won't get that vote. But why are we recklessly throwing away votes? Not you and I. You chose not to vote for the president. But people in general, (laughs) based on party lines. I hate this party line bullshit. Oh, I'd rather have Trump than Hillary. He can relate to us. He was going to shake up the swamp. If he didn't drain up the swamp and pick up all the dirty shit from the bottom of the swamp, I don't know what did, because this is the worst political climate I've seen in my lifetime. And I've been alive 87 years. Yeah, I'm a fucking vampire, so fucking what? I don't care about the it's like you age, It's like you age 50 years in one year, which is fuck your 87. Well, knowing if I'm still a vampire, There's, we're here. We're going we're gonna to mainstream soon enough. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> when he started making crazy, every blood. We might as well come out. Shit, fuck it. <laughs> I, I look at it like this when I see people make, make posts like that they're either the least, the least self-aware people in the world or the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet because there's no way you could look at all these people in government right? most of them being white men most of them being villains and I'm not, of course, I'm not saying all white people are villains. Let's just get that out of the way. But I mean, but the but the people in Congress are villains, and a lot of them are white men, and a lot of them are just absolutely horrible. So if you're if you don't want people writing movies like Star Wars, tell your people, tell those writers to stop watching the news because that's where they're getting their ideas from. And here's the thing: the villains in Star Wars have always been white men. That's never changed. That hasn't changed in 40 years. Star Wars came out in 77. It's 2018. So 41 years, it hasn't changed. Why all of a sudden he's getting mad? Why? Because some women uh, are admirals now in a movie? Get the fuck out of here, man. I, I hate this dumbass shit. But you know what? Those are the same people who will come out and just say that uh, racism is over because Obama was president. Nothing's changed. I don't know why they keep thinking that. Put it like this, Blue. That article that that, uh, that you tagged me on, right? Uh, with the newspaper clipping, the two articles, right? I looked it up. I found out those two articles were in the same paper on the same day, right? So that wasn't just fancy Photoshopping. Those were two articles in um, the, the Lincoln Journal Star, right? Uh, and I was like, and, and, and the funny thing is, Blue, I'm not making this up to be funny. When I was looking it up yesterday, I was like, I wonder if that's Lincoln, Nebraska. And I was like, it is Lincoln, Nebraska, because the crawl on top that has the weather, it was negative 13 degrees in Lincoln, Nebraska yesterday. So, yeah, that's definitely Nebraska. <laughs> they have the worst winters out there. But anyway, in this clipping, right? And they show these two articles back to back. So you had one article, uh, man gets prison time for pointing toy gun at traffic. This is from December of, of 2016, right? Man gets prison time for pointing toy gun at traffic. So long story short, uh, a black man, 33 year old, uh, he was pointing a toy gun at morning commuters. 
in front of the Hall of Justice. Uh, he was basically a meth addict, so he was high on meth. Uh, now, keep in mind, it's a toy gun, so nobody got hurt. They gave this man uh, a year and a half in prison for meth possession. And, and keep in mind, he wasn't a meth dealer. He was a meth smoker. They had He had the glass pipe with him and everything. They gave him a year and a half in prison for the meth and three months in prison for disturbing the peace. So he's spending almost two years in prison for having meth on, for being high on meth and then pointing a toy gun to people. No one was hurt, of course, because it was a toy gun. Now, in that same page, the article right below it, you have a white woman named uh, Catherine Worcester, 57. So she pled no contest to two counts of felony theft. Now keep in mind, the other guy pled no contest as well. I forgot to mention that part. They both pled no contest to their crimes. She pled no contest to, uh, to theft, right? Now here's the thing. She, she worked at Wells Fargo, right? Uh, they gave her four years of probation for stealing $3,000 from teledraws. But here's the thing. Uh, when they did an audit on her on her teledraws between January 1st, 2013 and July 12th of 2014, there was $75,000 missing from those teledraws. But she pled guilty to $3,000 worth. They gave her uh, four years probation. Now, here's the thing. Here, here's the kicker. The prosecutor wanted her to go to prison. So Deputy Lancaster County Attorney Morgan Smith argued for prison time but Lancaster County District Judge Andrew Jacobson said he didn't know that incarceration would serve any purpose. Yeah, it would serve a purpose to keep that bitch from stealing. That, that's the purpose. So she stole, or at least was party to stealing, $75,000. And she gets four, uh, four years probation. This guy, basically, he needed help. They gave, him, they gave him almost two years in prison for pointing a toy gun. And you get these sons of bitches who come out there and they're just like, oh, we got a black president, so uh, racism's over, bitches. No, it's not. It's just going in different directions. Number one, all the white supremacists are coming out of their little hidey holes thanks to Trump. And they got their little tiki torches marching in the streets with their Hager slacks. And then you have the institutional racism, which is dug in like a tick on a dog's ear. Okay? That's the reason why cops can get away with shooting people, because the institution has their back. It's institutional racism. You know? So you figure this is the same city that says, oh, a black man pointing a toy gun? You get, uh, you get prison time. Fuck your drug problem. You go in prison, but this woman steals almost $80,000. She's just like, you know what? what is, what's prison going to do? Ah, you know, girls will be girls. <laughs> what do you think, Blue? You think these people who don't, who don't see it, you think they, they really don't see it? Or do you think they're just, uh, you think they're just trolling? Because I think they're trolling. Trolling? I don't understand. What does that I mean, mean, just just basically just they know that racism is still around, but they just, they're just saying it's not just, just to mess with people. Because, I mean, 
it's pretty apparent <laughs> that racism is still around and racism is still hurting people and holding people back. So, what, what, but what, those what, who, who those who are part of that factor are those that are contributing to it, are those that are not impacted by it, maybe can't see it. Maybe in that way, in true essence, because they don't experience it, it's like, let's see, let me think of an example. Okay, uh, here's a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy talks about having jock itch or having crabs or something. To me, that's like, man, who the fuck gets crabs, nigga? Don't you look at the fucking pussy? Don't you eat the pussy before you, before you fuck it? I mean, how you going to get crabs, dude? We can't relate to it because it's not our reality. Therefore, they can't relate to racism because it's not their reality. It kind of... That was a pretty bad metaphor, but it kind of speaks to the same thing. You don't, you can't acknowledge it unless you firsthand can experience it or have an inference to it. Remember, white reality. I mean, I, don't, I know you got some white friends, and if you if you listen to some of their conversations, their reality is very different from ours. Yeah, for the for the for the most part, you know. And I told you, you know, one of my friends, he said that... These are the uh, ones who sympathize with us and who support us and who seem to have our back more than our own black brethren. They still don't get it, get it. They just know we're fucked up. we getting fucked. They don't get They don't understand right. all the intricacies of what it is. You know what I'm saying? But I, I remember when, um, when that kid got shot in Vegas by the cop. The kid that was on his knees and the cop was making him crawl all over the place and then uh, the cop eventually shot him. Because when he went to pull up his pants, the cop thought he was going for a gun. And I never even I me- heard that story. When did that happen? Oh no, we, we no, we talked about it on we talked about it on the show uh, a few weeks ago. I'm trying well, to remember I'm his name. High. I stay high. I don't remember this shit. <laughs> but it, it was a cop in uh, in Vegas, not in Vegas. I'm sorry, in Arizona. I apologize. And um, oh, I remember story that was like, Arizona. See that you threw me off when you said Vegas. That yeah, was, I don't know why okay, I said that, Vegas. I got it now. Probably because he was probably because he was in a hotel room. I keep thinking Vegas. But long story short, um, he had a pellet gun. Someone thought it was real. The cops had him on his knees, and then uh, when he went to reach for a pull up his pants, cop shot him. And I remember, uh, I think it was Jenk Uger on Young Turks. He said that in that moment, he says that white people are finally starting to to see what it feels like to be black. Because you have a kid in the same situation that uh, that a black a black guy might be in, you know, you don't have you you're no threat, you know, but they see you as a threat, and as soon as you make the wrong move, they just shoot you. And that cop told him, "Look, if you if you make a wrong move, I'm gonna kill you." He told him that. So when you see uh, a white cop telling that to a, a black guy. You know, the first thing they figure is, okay, well, he must have done something. Oh, he smoked pot when he was 17. Oh, what a piece of shit. I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, I'm being glib, of course. But now it's a a white guy who never committed a crime in his life, as far as I can tell. So he didn't have a criminal record as far as he had a job as an exterminator. Those pellet guns were to shoot birds. You know? Hold on, hold on. So he, why would they, why they, why they f him up like that? Because he was shooting pellet guns and scaring people. No, well, he, they said that he was in the in the window with his uh, with the pellet gun, and somebody thought it was real. That's why the cop showed up in the first place. But and and uh, and you can find that video, and that video is pretty graphic. Because I, oh, I, I, I mean, that video, that video hurt me to my heart. Because I think he had like a little girl or a daughter or something. Now was he with that lady or were yes. they together? That lady. Yeah, the, the, him and the lady were together. And the cop, they, the cop, they made her crawl too. So they were talking about they was worried about her safety, but they were still making her crawl on the ground. 
you know, still had the guns on her too. Okay. No. Oh man. Yeah. But you figure, I, I don't. I I wish that a guy didn't have to die for people to see what it's really like to be black in America. I I wish that didn't have to happen. Now for people to really see it, because now it, it's kind of like you have to instead of just having the empathy that they have to really just actually see what it's like and, and in this case it costs someone their life you know but I, I mean when they see stories like that you know they're probably looking at it as oh this guy uh, who got the, the year and a half in jail you know they'll just make excuses like oh he's a meth addict well this, this woman she's 57 she's probably a grandmother and she needs to be with her grandbabies or something like that I don't know if she has I don't know what her family situation is like but people will make excuses like that you know but it's it's a sad state of affairs that people still think that uh, oh, Obama's president, so uh, no more racism. So st- stop your whining and get a job. <laughs> Someone told um, Tim Wise, who is a uh, I, I don't even know what well, I don't even know what I want to call him, but um, watch him on YouTube. He, he's he's a great guy, and when he. Uh, Somebody said that after Obama got elected back in 08, somebody messaged him and they told him, well, we got a black president, so now you got to get yourself a new hustle. <laughs> and he's like, what he's doing is not a hustle. It's basically just telling it like it is. You know. But no, nothing has really changed. You know, nothing's really changed. It's, it's, it's how, how do you say it, Blue? Um, the game is the same. It's just the players that change, you know. And and one thing I want to clear up, you know, uh, Saturday we talked about identity politics, and and I think I, I think I flubbed the uh, the definition, you know, I didn't have the dictionary definition in front of me. I was pretty much right, but I think I kind of flubbed it a bit. So I just want to go over that for a, a, a quick moment. All right. So identity politics, right? It's a tendency for people of a particular religion, race, social background to form exclusive political alliances, moving away from traditional broad-based party politics, right? So like I said, I was talking to my nephew. He's 16. In a year and a half, he's going to be able to vote. And I was telling him, stay away from identity politics because it's, it's meant to divide. Now, here's the thing I want to clarify. It's not that identity politics aren't important. It's just that if you want to reach the, the broadest amount of people, you got to stay true to uh, what brings us all together and not what tears us all apart. To me, identity politics is more of like a, like a sidecar as opposed to the main motorcycle. I know it's a bad analogy, but I mean, look at it like this, right? Um, so you're telling me, hold on, so you're telling me that politics is moving towards empowerment through politics and not just ragging on the Republicans, bitch ass, and the Democrats are fucking up? Yeah. Well, a little bit of everything. <laughs> a little bit of everything. No, uh, Republicans are still scumbags and Democrats are still fucking up. That that hasn't changed. But the only way we're really going to fix it is to do. And and, and I and I kind of run on both sides here because on the one side I'm like, look, Trump fans don't fuck with them because they don't really care about fixing things. They just want to see liberals cry. They love those. They love those those butt hurt liberals and, and their liberal tears, you know. But there are some out there who are willing to listen. And if you see that, you know, hear them out. 
you know. But I mean, the the, the diehard Trump fans, fuck them, leave them. You, you got no use for them, you know. You want to talk to them? Talk about baseball. Talk about uh, the next Terminator movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a 74 year old self. Talk about anything else. Just don't talk politics with them because it's not worth it. But uh, identity politics can be like that's what they really put at the. Democrats' feet is identity politics. What they mean is, we're now with those people, like the Ben Shapiro's of the world, who's a you know Republican pundit. What they mean is, uh, anything that doesn't deal with uh, working class whites is not worth talking about. That is absolutely not true, because we're all a part of this country, whether they want whether they want us to be or not. We're all a part of this country. So yes, women's rights are important. Minorities' rights are important. You know, but. The thing that brings us all together is education, jobs, you know, the environment, for Christ's sakes. You know, we had what we had, what we have last year, blue, like 63 hurricanes, and they were all category five. <laughs> so it's not like these things don't need to be addressed. But as far as, you know, if you run, if you're a politician and you run exclusively on identity politics, you're going to have a hard time because you're going to have Republicans against you and you're also going to have some liberals against you you know because you got to you know you figure somebody like Bernie Sanders the reason why he does so well is because the stuff that he talks about benefits everybody that's why Bernie Sanders can go to West Virginia I want to say don't quote me I have to look it up might have been a different state. I want to say that in Obama's eight years, I want to say that West Virginia is the only state he didn't uh, he didn't visit. No, one of the coders, I think. I would have thought it would be it'd be West Virginia though, because West Virginia, uh, you know, like Dave Spell said with their coal smeared faces. <laughs> nah, I've been to West Virginia. I think I told you my horror story when I was like fourteen years old going to. On our way to um, Maryland, Baltimore for our um, family reunion. That, that ain't, and nah, it ain't nothing to mess with. You with Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> What's Virginia ain't nothing to fuck with? But I mean, you figure it like this, right? Like I said, Bernie Sanders can go to West Virginia. He can go to all these southern states and speak to people because universal healthcare is something that everybody can get behind. It doesn't matter what letter you have in front of your name, whether it's an R, a D, an I, a libertarian, you know, coffee party, whatever it is. That's something that everybody can get behind. And that's why everybody loves Bernie. Well, most people love Bernie. <laughs> Nobody, lo- you know, there's no one. Well, if everybody like- loved Bernie, my microphone working. Yeah, if everybody yeah. loved Bernie, then why did the Democrats um, unhinge him by going behind his back and doing some stupid stuff to try to get Hillary to nod? Oh, you don't want to talk about that, Mercer. Oh, I talked about it all the time. <laughs> I talked about it. I talked about it ad nauseum because uh, it goes into the the whole thing. Like, for instance, I mean, real, like like side uh, side track here. Uh, Orrin Hatch is retiring at the end of this year. You know, I mean, it's not that big a deal. He's 83 years old. You know, so it's not like he's 41 and retiring. He's been doing this for four decades. You know, 
and I joked about it on Facebook. I'm like, now he can uh, he can enjoy his ill-gotten gains and check out this collection of children's bone marrow. I, I recently presented a bill that um, congressman and senate can only do 16 years, basically four four um, terms, and they balked at me. They threw it down. They're like, no, of course not. But I said, you only let the president do two terms. Well, I mean, why I get to stay in office so long? You know what I mean? You know what he did? You know why he did that? Because when FDR was president, he was going to be president. I mean, he was, he went, it happened anyway. He was literally president until he died. But I mean, FDR, who was a social democrat, was so powerful, they were just like, yeah, we just like this guy. We'll just keep electing him over and over and over again. And they, that's why they did the, the term limits, you know? But the problem is, you can't build those relationships with lobbyists if you only do in a couple terms. <laughs> I mean, you figure Paul Ryan, there was rumors, only a rumor that Paul Ryan was going to retire because you figure now he's fulfilled his dream of giving all our money to the rich. So now he can get that cushy lobbying job and, um, you know, walk off into the sunset. His main mission is accomplished. It's like when, when, the, when the cowboy kills all the bad guys and he just gets on his horse and just rides off into the sunset. That's basically Orrin Hatch. He's accomplished his mission. He's helped destroy America and make his and made his friends rich. Anytime you hear about a payoff, Orrin Hatch, he's getting a piece of it. It's like what they say in King of New York. Uh, he said, if a dime bag is sold in the park, I want my cut. That's Orrin Hatch. So, and then to make it worse, of all the people who's going to run for his seat, Orrin Hatch is from Utah. Uh, Mitt Romney is rumored to be running for his seat. Now, here, here's the thing about Mitt Romney. All these people... I thought Mitt Romney was in Maine. That's not the same guy? Oh, no, no. Well, Mitt Romney's not doing anything right now. He, he used to be... Uh, he used to be governor of... No, not Utah. Oh, God. What state was he... He lives in Utah. But um, tell me what state he was a governor of. Some state out east. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Thank you. But, um... All these, all these uh, happy-go-lucky pundits are saying that, oh, well, mostly the mainstream guys are like, oh, if Mitt Romney wins that seat, you know, he's going to be a thorn in Trump's side. Really? Mitt Romney? Mittens Romneyford? A.K.A. Worthington J. Monocle III? Look, the thing with Mitt Romney is he has, and this part of the reason why he lost to Obama he has no spine. He's got no heart, no constitution. If you look at him the wrong way, he'll flip-flop, like the footwear of the same name. It's, he's basically, he, he's just any way the wind blows. That's where Mitt Romney is. You understand? He has. He's not going to stand up to anybody. He's going to fall like a lawn chair as soon as you look at him sideways. You know, one of the you know one of the caveats to that, one of the things you can take away, mm-hmm. is that but Mitt Romney, when he was running Massachusetts, Massachusetts was doing the damn thing. He he got them basically universal health care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And which is why it was. Uh, uh, so disheartening when he was against it when Obama was trying to put it out. <laughs> Not universal health care, but you know, the health care reforms and stuff like that. It was basically Romney's model that he used in Massachusetts. You know, so that that's what I mean. He has. I mean, if you figure, if Romney really cared like that, he would have helped Obama make Obamacare better. 
and put it out so it, it could help more people. But instead, he was against it because he's supposed to be against it because he's paid to be against it. So Mitt Romney getting that getting that seat, nothing will change. It's going to be the same old thing. So it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and then to answer your question, Blue. The question that you didn't realize that you asked. You um you basically and hold on, I got articles all over the place here. But you asked me about uh Congress, right? You tagged you tagged me on a post about uh Congress's approval rating, right? Why if the, if Congress's approval rating is so low, why do they keep getting reelected over and over again? Right? Now in the in the, the meme that I saw, they had Congress at twenty percent approval. That was generous. Because right now the last the last Gallup poll that they took uh back in uh November of last year, right? Congress was at a thirteen percent approval rating and an eighty one percent disapproval rating. 81% people disapproved of Congress's job. Now, keep in mind, this is Congress as a whole. So this is not for any particular congressman. It's just Congress as a whole. How do you think Congress is doing? 81% disapprove. Only 13% approve. 6% well, the were, thing is, had no if you opinion. disapprove like that, you know, Gallup polls are very, they're not really good representations of the population, let's be honest. Um, yeah, they're better than most. I've never filled out one. You've never filled out one. Um, I have, but it's been it's been such a long time since I filled out a Gallup poll. I think the last time I filled out a Gallup poll was Obama's first term. Was the, was okay, the last you do time I me. I've never filled out one. Been here eighty-seven years and haven't filled out one. Come on, what's wrong with that picture? <clears throat> I'm registered to vote. I mean, I've been, you know, independent. Well, I guess because I was independent. I guess they don't ask for independent votes. Unfortunately, I had to switch over to Democrats for this last election for some stupid-ass reason. Yeah, I was okay as an independent. I mean, because, I mean, in North Carolina, you can still you had, vote. Did you get to stay independent for this last election? Yeah. They made me switch over. They said I couldn't be independent. Really? Here in, I mean, here in South Point. Hmm. Because, um... Now keep in mind, uh, for the presidential election, I was able to stay independent. Now for the primaries, that may be different. Now my friend has been independent for years, and he's still yeah, able the primaries, to vote. the primaries. I now he's still able to. Yeah, he's been independent for like ten years, and he still votes in the uh, in uh, in the primaries. You just have to follow a different ballot, but you can still vote. Well, I'm telling you what happens. Maybe next time you need to come down there with me. Oh, definitely. Just, just screaming some blue-haired old lady who just thought who just tells you some dumb shit. <laughs> Listen right, here, right. <laughs> that's all it is on those tables. What's your name? Felipe. P H no bitch. Felipe. Just like a Spanish. Hello, I'm from Cuba. P <laughs> H. I mean, a lot of people made that. A lot of white people made that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> they probably think think that they probably think think it's French. Yeah, they say things like <laughs> Philip, Philip with an E or something. It's crazy. <laughs> but you you figure if you look at uh, in Gallup, they had this whole thing of congressional approval from 1975 until 2017, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In 1975, it was at 30 percent. It peaked 
in uh, after September 11th, uh, it was at 84% approval. Oh man! And then it just started dipping right back down to where it is now, 13%. The lowest it had ever been in that run was um, 2014, went down to 9%. So right now, as well as of November, it was 13%. So you figure, if you have this low approval rating, why do all these congressmen keep getting reelected? Right? So I got, I got, I got four things that I could think of, right? None of them, uh, not in any sort of order, right? But four things that I could see. Number one, something that we talked about uh, on the show a few times, gerrymandering. You know, you figure North Carolina is a perfect example of gerrymandering, right? And you know, right now the maps are going through the courts. If you look at the, if you look at our maps, you could tell that they were just, you know, they were drawn for that effect. Because there's no, I mean, in some areas they're like the the squares, and some of them is just squiggly Picasso lines, because they just want to either pack all the black people into a couple of districts, or just pick their own voters pretty much right okay. so you figure in North, in 20 the 2012 election right even though there were more democratic votes than republican votes uh republicans still took a whole bunch of seats they still won seats and that's because of gerrymandering so it means that in some areas in order to unseat an incumbent you have to win by between 20 and 25%. How often does an election that you win by 25%? That's a huge margin. So gerrymandering. Now, keep in mind, Democrats gerrymander too. Um, if I said that they didn't, that'd be a lying sack of crap. But Republicans make it, made it an art form because they know that after that first term, people are going to be like, yo, these dudes is bullshit. We got to get them out of here. And now you can't because they're gerrymandered in. And even if they fight those things in court, the damage that gerrymandering does will last at least another couple of elections. So that's why they do it, even though they know those maps get challenged in court. Those court challenges take forever. They've been trying to change those maps for, what, three, four years? And they keep stalling them out so that they can keep the maps as is and those maps probably be that way I'm going to guess through the 2018 elections I know they're trying to get it changed I know they won a couple of uh, of court cases but it just takes time and that's what they count on another thing that help, that that uh, that helps Congress stay put is voter apathy you know you have voters who you have people who just don't take part in the system even though they're able-bodied I joke about my dad all the time. He doesn't vote for anybody because he hates everybody. <laughs> he thinks all politicians are crooks. Doesn't matter I what this one time, name. I remember this one time I was at band camp and there was this guy named Mercer Prescott and he said he wasn't going to vote for the president, so he didn't. <laughs> and then we got this guy named Trump again in their office and he's been complaining ever since. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that guy sounds like a jackass. But... Um, <laughs> But my thing is this, on that real quick, I get, I, I've been eating shit about that for the last year and change. And I look at it like this. Uh, when they say, well, if you didn't vote for Hillary, then you voted for Trump. That's not true. I didn't vote for anybody. 
there's two other people in that election. Why couldn't my vote go to one of them? Why couldn't they say, well, if you don't vote for Hillary, you vote for Gary Johnson? You know, the only way I, I would have voted for Trump is if I had taken a ballot and scribbled out a box next to Donald J. Trump's name and slid it in the Scantron. That would have been it. Other than that, I just simply didn't vote. But that voter apathy, it's, it's a killer because you have a lot of people who do vote with their emotions, you know? So uh, that's why signing that tax bill was rough because number one, yeah, you're going to get some people who are going to benefit from that tax bill right away. So when it comes to uh, come time to vote and they're getting that tax cut, uh, they're going to remember that and then they're going to vote for Republican. But then there's going to be some people who now those Medicaid cuts are in. So now maybe their kid can't get health insurance anymore. Maybe they can't get health insurance anymore. And they're going to remember that too. I know Congress would have rather Trump signed the bill in 2018 so that those Medicaid cuts won't take place until 2019. But if they did that, uh, then those uh, some of those cuts wouldn't take place right away. So it, it was a double-edged sword. But the main point about that is, is that when people are hurting, they're either going to be angry or they're going to be apathetic. And if they're apathetic, then that means they're not at the polls. Usually when Republicans win, they win when there's low voter turnout. That's why they constantly try and keep people from voting by cutting early hours, uh, you know, cutting the voting cycle down, whatever they could do. There was one point where they killed uh, Sunday voting. Because what, what they would do is, uh, especially in uh, African-American areas, they would all go to church and then they'd all jump on a bus and go to the polls and vote. So they so they cut that out because Democrats were taking uh, advantage of it in a good way because you're supposed to go vote. You know, but they didn't like that fact that all these African-Americans were jumping on buses and going to vote. So they killed Sunday voting. And a lot of stuff like that, people just kind of give up and they're apathetic and they're just like, well, you know, I'm not going to change anything. Even though there was that one election where the guy won by one vote, literally one vote. <laughs> so uh, another thing is voter laziness. Now, I know what you're thinking. Voter apathy and voter laziness are two different things. Uh, apathy, I already explained. Laziness is basically just, oh, you're a Democrat. I'm just going to vote for you because you're a Democrat. What do they call it? A straight ticket voting. So basically, you just check the box and it means you vote for all the Democrats. Or vote for all the Republicans. Or just vote for somebody whose name that you just recognize because you saw his ad on TV. Do you ever see a movie called The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy? I have. You remember how, how he became a senator in that movie? He had the same name as the former one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He had the same name as a former senator, and that senator died, so he just ran, and people were just like, oh, I know this guy's going to vote for him, and he became he becomes a senator. <laughs> so, it's... it's that was actually one of his better films. Yeah. And Charles S. Dutton was in it. I'm a big fan of his. So, it, it was... Uh, that voter laziness. People just... He kind of reminds me of you. I guess if they did a movie, if we did like an indie movie, you could play him. 
Who, uh, Charles S. Dutton? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I've been told? I've been told I look more like Forrest Whitaker, probably because of, because of my lazy eye. I, I joke about it all the time how, as I get older, like when I was a teenager, people were like, you know what, you look like Daryl Strawberry. And I was like, I don't see it, but thank you, because he's an athlete. And then when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, people were just like, you look like Damon Wayans. And I was like, I don't see it, but thank you famous actor and now I'm in my 40s like you know you look like you like Forrest Whitaker <laughs> you know, just like, uh, I, I hope it stops there he's a famous actor he's, he's more famous than um, the other guy you name he is, he is. <laughs> I guess because of the lazy eye people probably like oh you look like Forrest Whitaker and I was like thanks <laughs> but, the, but the last thing and this is the most important thing uh, which ties into voter laziness is ideology. If for some people, if you hate the same people, they'll just vote for you. So even though the, their economic policies are just going to murder you, oh, you hate Mexicans? I hate Mexicans. I'm going to vote for you. And there are people who actually do that. They vote for their ideology as opposed to reality. The reality I is think that was a big part. I, and I think that's what. Trump. Oh, go ahead. Say your, say your reality is not going to my spill. Go ahead. I don't know. No, I, I'm just saying that um, if you have ideology versus reality, reality wins every time because ideology is not going to pay your bills. It's not going to pay your rent. It's not going to put food in your kids' mouths or a roof over their head or clothes on their backs. Reality is going to do that. Having a job with a strong union to protect your rights, to keep your wages up with inflation so that you're not getting priced out of every apartment you live in. You can't do that through ideology. Ideology is basically just, you know, the way you think things should be as opposed to the way things are. Right. Um, in 19, when I was um, 69 years old, I read a book called um, The Art of the Deal, the Donald Trump book. Well, did, did you actually read that piece of shit book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why, though. I just wanted to know the. I wanted to be. I wanted to be white famous. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to do what white people do to get famous. But anyway, I tell that to say this is that he basically took many pieces of the puzzle on the road to presidency to become the president. He played on people's hate for other races. Mm -hmm. He played on people's ideologies, like you just stated, and and he rode that train to Georgia. Yeah. I mean, it, it's in the thing is, it's so apparent. It's not like, you know, it's not like Donald Trump pretending to be like this good Christian, uh, pious soul, and then he gets in the office like, ha ha, gotcha, motherfuckers. I'm Donald Trump, bitch. He didn't do that. He was that way the entire election. He was mocking disabled people. He was talking about, oh, Mexicans are rapists and they're drug dealers. Some might be good people. We're going to build a wall, make Mexico pay for it. What kind of dumb shit is that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And people are like, build that wall, build that wall. Because it's so easy to blame the others for your problems. You know, what, what did I hear Wyclef say one day? You know, cats will fight other cats. It's just the dogs they have the problems with. <laughs> they ain't trying to fight no dogs. They'll just fight other cats because it's easier you know than being eaten by a dog I, I mean you figure like this when they say oh the Mexicans are stealing our jobs no they're not you know what it means to steal someone's job 
it means that like okay i'm being gl- i mean i've seen it in the office that i've had that happen to me where someone sabotaged me to get a promotion that i deserved that actually happened to me it's half the reason why i'm in north carolina now but the way they make it seem like if you're working construction then you go to you go to the bathroom when you come out of porta potty it's like jose is doing your job and he's like well you gotta go home now jose has your job now you know it doesn't happen like that a mexican can't steal your job the job has to be given to him by the employer now will they work for less yeah is it because they want to no you think a Mexican wouldn't want to make $17 an hour, $20 an hour? But if they're un- if they're undocumented, uh, they'll take whatever you give them. That's why they fight against immigration all the time. Immigration reform, because if these people come over and they're legal, they don't have to settle for $10 an hour to do construction. I used to get $10 an hour to work in the mailroom. You know what I mean? So it's absolutely insane that people are, uh, how easy it is to prey on people's ideology. Easy. All you gotta do is give them someone to hate and then they'll vote for you. Like I said before, Paul Ryan to get on TV and say, hey, I'm gonna take your social security and your Medicare. And they're just like, oh, but he hates Mexicans. So I, I love Paul Ryan. Okay, I've never heard Paul Ryan come out and actually you say the words, I hate Mexicans. But Paul Ryan has a huge disdain for poor people. Hates poor people to death. Does everything he can to uh, to hurt them. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna cut money from children's programs? Really? Why, so some billionaire can fill his swimming pool with champagne? It's absolutely ridiculous, but they just don't see it. You know, all these, uh, a lot of people saying this may be Trump's last year in office. I told you Trump is going to last until the end. What radio show were we on, Blue? We were listening on their podcast and I, and I called in and I told them that Trump is not going to get impeached. He's going to make it the, the four years. And they thought I was insane. Shit, don't get me to lie. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. We've been on so many coming so famous. Yeah, they, they 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 thought I was crazy. Trump is not getting impeached. But honestly, he may even get a second term because honestly, what competition will he have from the Democrats? And and, and can any independent get a strong enough following to overcome it all? The only way we take the White House in twenty twenty is if Bernie Sanders runs. If Bernie Sanders doesn't run, it ain't gonna happen because Bernie in the polls, even back then, not even talk about now, after all said and done, even during the election, when they ran those polls, Bernie was beating Trump by at least 12 points. And the only person who was beating him by more, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is, a corporate, is as corporate as corporate Democrats come, but we just can't help but love Joe Biden. I can't help it. If Joe Biden was running against Trump, I'd vote for Joe Biden. I don't know why. And Joe Biden is everything I hate in corporate politics. <laughs> but it's Joe. It's Jolton Joe. I can't help it. <laughs> Maybe because he was Obama's VP. I don't know. But if, if if Bernie ain't running, it's done. You think Kamala Harris is gonna is gonna beat Donald Trump? No. 
You think uh, Tim Kaine, a.k.a. Baron Von Milktoast, you think he's going to be able to beat Trump? What's he going to do, talk Spanish? Fuck out of here. He ain't, that's not going to be enough to win. Cory Booker? No, he's not going to win. If it ain't Bernie, it's done. They better put they better pump him full of formaldehyde, keep him alive. Because <laughs> if he ain't running, it's done. You you absolutely right, Blue. If Bernie ain't running, Trump gets a second term. It's it's just done. But I I I, I will say this though, you know, uh, America is the only place in the world where. Failure is rewarded. Congress has a 20% approval, whoa, 13% approval rating as of, as of last November. 13%. And unless these cats retire, they're going to be incumbents. They're going to get reelected. Unless, of course, you know, they, uh, they get caught up in some sex scandal. Did you watch, did you watch Dave Chappelle? Did you watch that special? Nah, nah, I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Dave Chappelle, he he, he was tearing it up, man, and he he made a he made a point. Cause right now, I'm watching Black Mirror, like you should be watching. Yeah, I, I keep hearing awesome things about Black Mirror, so it's it's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it yet, cause I'm watching like seven shows at once, cause I'm trying to get them off my list. But Dave Chappelle said something that uh, he's talking about the Me Too movement. And he said, we can't even say, we, like he talked about men, that we can't even say me too anymore. Because he was like, yo, Dave, I'm going to comedy club. And he was like, uh, instead of saying me too, he was like, uh, I am also going to the comedy club. <laughs> like, can't say me too anymore. But he did say something very, he said a lot of profound things in those specials. Because there's, you know, it's, it's two more specials. So one, he's on the big stage and one, it's like a more personal setting. But he was saying that it was, uh, talking about uh, race relations but he said it was so much easier for Bruce Jenner to change his gender than it was for Muhammad Ali for Cassius Clay to say to change his name <laughs> I was like he was he was he was hitting it on, on all points out there Dave Chappelle is the man he's still a beast after all these years but it's if Bernie ain't running, it's going to be a bloodbath. You can mark my words on that. And, and, and here's my thing. When I say stuff like, oh, uh, Trump's going to get a second term. Uh, Democrats are going to get their asses kicked in 2018. It's not because I want them to. It's because when you watch people do the same things over and over and over again and expect different results... I'm not really, I'm not Nostradamus over here. This is pretty much the way it's going to be because they're doing the same things that cost them the election in 2016 against the most beatable politician who ever walked the face of the earth. I could have won that Yo, motherfucking election if I had I, run. I, I, wrote a, I wrote a song about it. I wrote a song about it. Back, back, forth, back, forth, my love goes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. I have it on my playlist on Spotify. But, um... Well, then you have a very definitive playlist. It, it sounds like it's banging. Share that playlist. I want to see what else is on there. Okay. I, there's a lot of stuff you won't like. But, I, but I, I'll share the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> 
trust me, there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to be like, what the hell are you listening to? But and how the hell those two souls go together? What the hell is he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I just hit star on whatever, whatever comes to mind. So, but um, what are your closing thoughts, Blue? My closing thoughts is this: like Merck said, ideology. A lot of times we align ourselves with ideologies and we fall ourselves falling behind the wrong people representing the wrong things. If you never voted before, vote. If you threw away votes in the past, vote. If you know some people who ain't voting, vote. If you have a car and you're able to get other people to the polls, help them vote. If you can vote early, please vote early. Encourage all your people to vote early. That actually is actually, early vote is actually a game changer. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I, I I always vote early, so whatever. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, they they closed the window of opportunity in North Carolina, but I but even in um, for the last elections, I voted early. You know, get that out of the way because I I, I don't always have the luxury of having election day off. You know, although I will have election day off this year because <laughs> I got to go vote in the midterms. So, and I have no excuse because my polling place is literally up the street. It's like it's before I get to the supermarket. There's the firehouse, and that and that that's my polling place. So, but um, my closing thoughts are this: uh, basically, you just have to weigh your options and figure out what's more important, your ideology or your reality. You know, it's basically, uh, it's it's not it should not be this hard to just figure. Hey, do I want a living wage or do I want uh, to hate on Muslims? You know, figure out what's more important for you and and stop being so goddamn. Uh, I don't even know what they call it, what the opposite of, of self-aware is. But I mean, you have people who are just not self-aware and they come out and they say things and they look like jackasses, you know, so just pay attention <laughs> to what's going on before you speak. You know, like I said, the guy who. uh who made that comment about uh oh well you guys have obamacare you guys suck i have i have the aca and people were like dude it's the same thing he was so embarrassed he deleted his account don't do a little bit of research so you don't have to say things where you have to delete your twitter account or delete your facebook account because you made a jackass of yourself it's not that hard if you have a phone in your pocket that means you have a computer in your pocket look that shit up and it's not that hard you know but I mean, for 2018, I, I know I said a lot of, of sour things about 2018 and what's going to go on since we, you know, since uh, King Joffrey's still president. But um, only way we can make this year good is got to we got to put some effort into it. Because if we let this year go on cruise control, it's going to be just as shitty as last year, and we can't have that. So, like like Blue said. Get out and vote. Get your people to the to the to the voting booths. If you live in a state that has voter ID laws, get your people over to the DMV. Get them there. Get them their IDs. Beat them at their own game. But it's not gonna be better by you just sitting around and sitting out. You know. And uh, that's all I had. And that, sir, is enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Um, 
Please subscribe to the subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast, featuring hit shows like 360 Degrees, Politics, and He Said She Said. And you can find that on all podcast stations, um, any podcast app. I prefer iTunes. Merck prefers Google Play. Some people use Polo World. I mean, Podcast World or Podcast This or Podcast That. It's just a numerous ways you can get podcasts in this day and time. I advertise them more, more effectively in the future. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. And don't forget, vote. Tell your friends to vote. Tell a motherfucker who ain't voting to vote. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm-